Podcast. I am Paul, your usual co-host, and today I am with none other than Rob. Hi, Rob. Hello, everybody. I'm back again. Can't get rid of me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just everywhere. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Today, we're going to have an episode on to brand loyalty. When the names matter. When you need the sweet zip logos turning around and make your friend's head turn around too but just before that if you want to hear more about Lashens Morton's alt tour and yes you can win his bike you should definitely very good go see that for yourself yeah, yeah. and g pedals magnetic clipless pedals then you should definitely listen to the pre-show you can access the extended conversation at patreon.com slash podcast or by subscribing directly on Apple Podcast. So let's get into it, yeah. shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Go for it, Paul. Brand loyalty. And the first thing I did was to just look for a definition because I don't, I mean, I think I know what brand loyalty is, but I went to look for a definition, an official one anyway. Mm -hmm. And so it is, quote, the tendency of some consumers to continue buying the same brand or goods rather than competing brands. So buying from the same brand again and again. Yeah, I understand that because I do that. I, do. <laughs> I definitely do that. I'm terrible. I do it with everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, when I read the show notes, I was super happy to talk about brand, uh, brand loyalty because... It's something that just just absorbs me. I love certain brands because of the way they, they market themselves, the way they make their products, and I keep buying the same brands. It's, it's super interesting. That's consumers. What are the brands that you keep buying? Thompson. Yeah. Every bike I have has Thompson seatposts and stem. Every bike. Uh-huh. Uh, all my bikes have DT Swiss rims. Ooh, okay. Every bike has DT Swiss rims. Uh, always buy Azumi chains. <laughs> true, true. I don't want to go through the too much yet. <laughs> I'm literally naming all the. Um, which are your favorite bands? Well, we know. Uh, we, 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 we know. I mean, everybody knows that I'm a Zip fanboy at that point. Yeah. Um, it is kind of safe to say that. All my bikes are in zips. Yeah, man. All of them. Which is crazy, absolutely insane, and a terrible financial decision on my part. It's like an addiction though, right? It is. It is. I mean, Those three logos ruined my life. Even it's, <laughs> wait, that's, if we're going to talk about the logo, we have to really put across the point that I think that is by far the best designed logo on a wheel. It, it's, it's outstanding. It is. In all pictures, when riding it, when shooting it, everything, the way the zip logo moves when the rim's moving looks outstanding. The, the, that's, it's the best for sure. 
And so here comes my first question. Mm. Why the fuck would you change the logo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't, blows my mind. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> it looks so good. I don't get it either. Yeah. Ah. Anyway. I have a, so, I have yeah, a second no, part question for you then. Okay. So they don't sell the course 303 uh -huh. as an individual rim, do they? Oh, the Zip 30s? Yes. No, they don't sell it as a rim. Pretty much, I think every pair I have is either an official track pair mm. or it is like um, a relaced road pair. That's what I, I, I've built some wheels for people here in Berlin and they've given me two road wheels and I've had to take them apart, take them back and put track hubs onto them. Because you can't yeah. get the rims, yeah. I mean, it's it's fine, you know, but uh, I think my first pair was a pair of 303. It was, uh, yeah, it was road, and I just respoke the rear, and it was fine, but it was tubular. And then I went on for more, you know, like when you look every day on the web, you start to find some interesting stuff. And... Probably two years ago, I found an old pair of 4.4s, you know, with the aluminium track all mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. And like clincher, 28 holes, front and rear. So those were old uh, cyclocross wheels. Mm -hmm. And finally, after like, I don't know how many years of research, but less than a year ago, I found a genuine pair of 4.4s track. Mm. which are supposed to be tubular, but for the sponsor athletes, they had clinchers. And Damn. I got a pair of clinchers. Yeah, that's mega. Yeah, I looked for those for years, you know, like never giving up. <laughs> but let's be honest and completely square. Um, zip track hubs are shit. They are really bad. I've never ridden or particularly seen them that much, to be honest. Well, they're quite rare. And because they, I mean, they're really good. They're really smooth and everything. But the bearing in those are so weak, like incredibly weak. And they develop play super fast. Ah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the black one, isn't it? With the female bold. Ah, the silver, yeah. and they also have the silver one, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ridden them? Yeah, I have both. Yeah? The silver and the black. And the silver, I actually, I actually trade a front one for an Alpina one day, because mine had play. Mm. And I, I learned later, I think someone from Squid Bike, or I think, yeah, I think for someone from Squid Bike... Came in Japan one day and I was like, oh, yeah, uh, we were at a party at my friend's and he saw us doing the trade. And I was like, oh, you you getting the hub? And I was like, yeah, mine has play. He's like, oh, man, talk to me about it. I have like crates of it mm -hmm. um, at the HQ because Zip did a massive recall on those hubs because they were developing play after a short while. <sighs> Oh, yeah. Nice one, Zip. <laughs> yeah, nice one, Zip. I mean, the rims are sick, so I'm not going to complain. So so that's a good point. We we aesthetically love Zip as, as a product. Um, 
it's definitely harder, more uh, prestigious project to find, like in terms of if you've got Zip, it has that level of brand identity and quality that you're looking for. So I get why we're loyal to Zip. Is there a brand that you you still buy stuff of? But but what what is it that attracts us to certain brands, do you think? Uh, well, uh, I have... Boy, oh boy, I am saying that a lot today. Boy, oh boy, I have the perfect list for you. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> so brand loyalty apparently works on six psychological bases. Uh, I am not a psychologist. I just read stuff online, okay? So don't take my word for it. But there is product quality, mm-hmm. image of the brand, perceived value, switching cost, availability and service and finally you the customer's psychology Mm. so let's take them one One by by one one. yeah okay so first product quality what do we have to say on that if we're talking about zip i mean we can talk about anything let's go through zip first see what and see how we break it down i think definitely product quality is outstanding um I I I build Matthias uh, Matthias's wheels and uh-huh. repair them for him <laughs> on a regular <laughs> basis, and he he's a one is like you only rides zips, um, and I've seen the way he rides them, and the maximum amount of hooks is twenty eight, um, and he rides them hard. They get bent, they get buckled. Uh, we true them back up. We we replace spokes here and there, but the quality. Overall, holds up for me, definitely, as a very high standard. Yeah, for me too, I think I really uh, I really fell in love with the 404 mm-hmm. first, the, like a lot of people, I think. Uh, but something that is really, really important for me on the Zip 30s are aluminum, right? Yes. And the rest is carbon. Yeah. Something that is really important for me, and that's usually how the first thing I look at when I try to recognize if it's a real or fake one, mm. is Zip have that gold shade in the sun. Mm. They have kind of that, I don't know, like yellow gold tint to it. And I remember the first time I saw that with their logos going around, I was like, God damn, that's a beautiful looking wheel and I really fancy one now. That's, that's, that's not even the product quality, right? I'm just... Yeah. Uh, when was that, I'm by trying, the way? Oh, that was... I think I liked uh, Zip before, but the true thing, I think, and I'm going to go full fanboy mode, but the true thing was... 2015 mm. the mash movie last section was the mash work on zips through traffic i was like oh yeah oh that hits the spot that's my thing <laughs> yeah i get you i get you that's my thing yeah and but like product quality wise the the zip 30s are good for me they are not the best aluminum rims out there but they are good but uh, carbon-wise, it is outstanding. It is way over a lot of other carbon rims. And it's made in the US. 
What would you say is better quality aluminium rims out there? I think Ditty Swiss made equally good quality rims. I think I think they're on par with the quality, but DT Swiss are half the price. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's why I write DT Swiss. I, I mean, there isn't like there is a hard limit of a quality of an aluminium rim, you know? Yeah. It's exactly. not like you can go bonkers with some special alloy or, or certain things. Like you need basic aluminium and you need a machine to turn it around and a pretty good welding on the top. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. There is not much you can do. I think the RR511DB is pretty much the same. Yeah. I, I'm sure of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was looking at that with a friend and I was like, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing, but with SIP logos on it. It's the same depth. It's the same outer width. It's the same inner width. The shape is slightly different. The zip has more of a cone on the where it meets the, where it meets the, the nipple and the spoke. They're slightly different in uh -huh. shape, but dimensions and weight, they're almost the same spec. They probably come from the same factory. <laughs> you know, the same as everything stuff. else does. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So product quality it works for me, definitely. Mm -hmm. Next is yeah, image of the brand. You go first. Zip, they have the the, the fastest races, the best products, the highest quality, they're at all the big events. The image of the brand is 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 such high end, but not elitist in terms of uh, the brand image. I don't think uh -huh. everyone can ride zips, and everyone wants to ride zips. It's not like lightweights or something where you only see kind of the elite people riding them. Zip is across all all genres of uh, from MTB to downhill to. Um, Zip have done a bit of everything. For me, there it was across all of cycling, and I like that. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah, that do make sense. Yeah. But how would you part that against, for example, Envy or Fast Forward? Because Envy does a lot of MTB. They do gravel, yeah. cyclocross, road. Um, I do believe they have a disc too. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, they do. and they they have really really high quality stuff i think zip kind of get it seem to be like right in the mix with the riders all the time if, mm, yeah for me personally i think they seem as a as a company as a brand quite down to earth and come from cycling i know most i think envy did as well but yeah for me envy is kind of a different thing they do. I know they have the same products, but um, but don't Zip even own? Um, who else do they own? They own like three of the brands, right? Zip is Shram. Yes, and Shram is Zip, Rockshox, and other stuff. That's that's the two I always yeah. remember of. Yeah. But yeah, it's also other stuff. So what is the history of Zip? Was it originally, it would have been its own and then SRAM would have bought it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was pretty recently, you know. Um, but yeah, SRAM bought Zip and they changed the logo and we'll never forgive them for this. Yes, if Zip would ever listen to this or SRAM, change the logo back. We love it. Yeah. Do you know that Zip has a podcast? I heard, uh, I think, I, I, I heard someone mention it recently. Have you listened to it? 
Yeah, I've listened to it. Is it good? Yeah, it is good. And they have like some Zev specialist uh, on there too. What do they talk about? I mean, we should send them an email, you know? <laughs> we should do a podcast. Oh, yeah, that would be sick. That would be sick. I think last episode was on how you choose yours up. And they mm -hmm. had an episode with Sean from Kickcog. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn, who is mm -hmm. also like a huge Zip fanboy, and they talked about the history of Zip because they have a massive history. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's that too. Maybe they would want to do uh, the the shared podcast where we release the episode and they release the episode, and it could be about things like fixed gear and a bit more about the history and track, and that would be super cool to be honest. Yeah, that would be sick. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Just bring back the old logo. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Bring back the logo. Yeah, that's please. my only question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure if we ask them the question, like, what do you guys change the logo? They're going to be like, uh, you know, it was not a decision we really made as a team. It was more something from up there. And yeah. now Zip is going through a new phase of our, of the company and blah, blah, blah. Marketing, blah, blah, blah. Development, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> ah, Zip. I think um, if you look into all the Zips catalogs, mm. and I'm I'm gonna put uh, one in the show notes. But in 2001, they had their really really nice box logo, um, the red and yellow one. Mm. And then in 2002, they're like, no, nah, no, nah, the box logo is not working. We're gonna make another logo. And the logo of 2002 was so fucking ugly, they only kept it for a year. It's on the 2002 catalog, and then it comes back to the old box logo. Because it was just, oh man, it was, it was kind of like an imitation of metal on top of like a red background. It was mm. really bad. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes so you guys can see it. Yeah. I want to see it too. All right. So on to the next one, and it is perceived value. And I got out a little definition for that. So perceived value is a customer's own perception of a product to them, especially in comparison to a competitor's product. Perceived value is measured by the price the public is willing to pay for a good or service. So that's kind of like what we just talked about with the fact that we think aluminium rims are almost uh, on par with each other in terms of specification and uh, weight and, and whatnot and size. But we know that DT Swiss rims come, uh, you can buy directly from DT Swiss for half the price you were going to pay for something like Zip. Yeah. Yeah, even probably even less than half the price, but yeah. Yeah, even less than, exactly, even less than half. Something that's interesting with perceived value then is, you know, spank rims? Yeah, very well. Those got pretty popular recently, right? Mm -hmm. And it's $150 for a rim. Yeah, but that's $150 for the Vibra Core, which is a Vibra a foam that goes inside of the rim, which uh, takes away the vibration, which I think is a great idea. But yeah, they are an expensive rim for 
what they are. They're wide. Yeah, they are super wide. They've become super popular recently. Uh, ADX Proof started riding them in, with on his fixed gear. And then I got a bunch of requests and a few of my friends in Berlin ride ride the Spank. I think it's a 350 spoon uh, rim. It's a really nice rim, but it's very overpriced, I think, for what it is. Question is, are you willing to pay almost the same price for a Zip than a Spank? Which way would you go then? Because they are pretty much the same, uh, the same price. Mm, good point. Depends on what kind of riding you're doing, though, isn't it? Yeah, but let's say they're just identical. The one has the spank one has like that foam thing going inside, but apart from that, it's just difference in logo. I think Spank are actually another brand that do really well in terms of uh, their brand identity. They look super cool. Uh, the design, the finish, the quality. I mean, yeah, the quality of their rims is really nice. Even comes with its own like really nice fitted Spank rim tape. And just, Ooh. yeah, nice touches like that. And, and when you get the sent out and shipped to wherever, they just come with a little, little, little book with it. It's really nicely packaged. It feels like you're buying a bit more of a premium product than, than you know, when you buy something premium, you know how it is. It's a bit more bit more deluxe. Spank have really got that right in terms of how they uh, ship their stuff out, which I like. Um, I mm. did have a lot of issues with building them in terms of uh, just the nipples getting caught on the, the, the second wall. So when I was first lacing mm. them, it was, a, it was a bit of a pain. Always having to get the, the spoke was always getting caught. The nipple was always getting caught when you were trying to lace them which is a bit of an issue, but not bad. But they're a nice, really nice quality rim. But I think personally, I'd still, I'd like to ride Spank, but if I had the choice of Spank mm -hmm. or Zip, yeah, I'd go for Zip. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, the perceived value. It, you would rather go for Zip than Spank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. those were probably easier to resell too, you know, because of brand identity and everything mm -hmm. there is behind it next one is switching cost and that wouldn't really apply for a will no it's more some some kind of like technology thing for example if you buy an iphone yeah um it, upgrading or side grading to another iphone is easier than going on an android so that's switching switching cost i guess because it's works like terms of when you want to upgrade your wheels, you get your first road set of wheels and you, you might then find zip as a brand and you might buy the basic zip set. And then you work your way up through zips, uh, switching costs in terms of like, by the end of it, you've got top of the range carbon rims on 12 speed, uh, whatever. Yeah. Good work. Yeah. Yeah, so by switching costs, there is uh, obviously the cost of a new wheel or a new phone. That's the that's the the physical cost, right? That's real money. But there is also the like time you're gonna time and effort. You know, you're gonna you're gonna put into it. So it's also psychological, effort based, and time based switching cost. Hmm. Uh, like 
I, I know for a fact that going from an iPhone to an Android is an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Uh, I've did that a year ago and uh, I don't want to do it again. You know, I really don't want to do it again. So switching cost for a wheel would be, I mean, on a track bike, it's so easy to tr- to switch a wheel, right? Yeah. It would just be like, I don't know, like, psychological like uh, i'm not riding zip anymore i am on something else and it feels weird mm, interesting. oh yeah next one is availability and service and that's something that we need to talk about because ordering it to swiss rims is easier than fitting your dog it's so easy. It's so convenient. So many shops have them. Everyone. You have them. Yeah. Uh, www.kernz.co <laughs> to order your custom wheels. Um, uh, just placing that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, <laughs> but yeah, got two wheels at the moment, just in case anyone's interested. Um. <laughs> find more details on his instagram i don't know you should go there um but (laughs) this is with super easy can order them like that done yeah finding a pair of zip 30s clincher 28 holes good luck good sir you are in for a treat and it's not it's gonna cost you a lot of time and money it's not easy it's definitely not easy to find zip stuff. Uh, I see that. I think that's why you see a lot of people replicate it and put sticker, put old new stickers on old stuff, or even just put stickers on AliExpress carbon and stuff like that. Mm, yeah, I think if you want to buy a pair of zip, uh, and you have like a decent budget, I don't know. Let's say like you have eight hundred euros and you want to buy a road pair to respoke it, it's going to be easy, especially if you have the money and then you're going to buy the pair, respoke it, but it's probably going to be like 18 spoke in the front, Mm -hmm. 28 in the back, and probably tubular, you know? Did you just say 800, by the way? Yeah. 800 for a used set? That you would take yeah. apart and you'd build that up on, and it would potentially be clincher, uh, tubular, and you'd build that up. Under. That's insane. That's a lot of money, but if you want one tomorrow, there's probably a pair at 800 waiting for you. So if money's not the issue, right, right, okay. If, if money is not the issue, you can definitely find, I mean, I never buy my pairs apart from that really special uh, track pair that talked mm-hmm. about. But I never bought uh, my pairs over like 500. I think 500 is my absolute limit. Uh, And yeah, usually like you can get some for real cheap. I am relacing a pair for a friend. He got it for dirt cheap because the rear hub broke. Mm. But we don't we don't need the rear hub where we're going. (laughs) So... (laughs) So easy, you know? Because we fixed it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, we fixed. Oh, I see what you've done there. Um, Interesting. Still, though, that price, val- that price 
it, it's that's why I don't ride Zip and I ride DT Swiss. Yeah. I can buy and... DT Swiss off anyone online. I mean, in terms of bike mail order, bike 24, and they're, on average, they have like 30% off anyway. And they're good. For, <laughs> it's always a deal on DT Swiss rims. Uh, and yeah, just coming back on availability, there's a lot of chance you're going to end up with a pair of tubulars, you know? And those, I mean, yeah, they look good and everything, but on the street, riding tubulars, I don't, I don't feel good riding tubulars on the street. I feel, I feel stressed. I'm not, I'm yeah. not all right, you know? I'm like, if I puncture, I'm dead. I might as well live the bike where it is and just go home. Yeah, I'm just not into gluing my tires to my rims. Oh, yeah, no, that is terrible. I tape mine, but, yeah, no, gluing is... For everybody gluing their tubulars out there, uh, tape does exist, and it's easier and less messy, and I don't know why more people don't do it. If you're not on the velodrome, I would just use tape for sure. (laughs) Yeah. It's much quicker, yeah, and less, like you said, there's no mess at all. It's super fast. Yeah. Yeah. I did skid some some taped tubulars and it worked fine, you know. Oh, okay. It worked perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you saw that coming, didn't yeah. you? I I don't do ninety degrees skid. Okay. Uh, I just do gentle skids and it works. On it tubular. Works. On tubular, yeah. I've seen you do ninety degree skids. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, so availability and service, and the second thing is service. Uh, if you buy your DT Swiss new, uh, is there some form of warranty on those? I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> I have no idea. See I you ass- next episode. Yeah, I'm assuming you must get some kind of warranty, whether it be three, six months, or one year. Yeah, I mean, why not? They're a brand new product. They're a big company. Exactly. You you must. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably a ton of what to not do to void your warranty, but... Yeah, if you buy a pair of Zip used, then obviously you don't have warranty, and then you don't have service, and all of that is thrown out of window on day one, because you buy them used. Yeah. And if you want to buy them new, then you'll only have access to the 404 tubulars track because that's the only track model they're they're selling. Mm. And maybe the the disc. Yeah, the disc too. But that's it. So, DT uh, Swiss actually offer a 24-month uh, statutory warranty on all DT Swiss products. Ciao. Huh. What is statutory warranty, though? I think statutory means that they, it's the minimum they have to do. Oh, uh, yeah. In addition to the 24-month warranty, we also offer extended warranty and services for the carbon wheels. Mm. Oh, yeah, they sell them at the, as a wheel. Yeah. But yeah. as a rim, I don't know. As a rim, if you're riding it hard and you go down a hill and you do something to it, I'm sure there's no way they would, DT Swiss would be the people that would be like, yeah, sure, have a new rim. You crashed into a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's something that Envy does, though. 
you did, know did they if you buy a pair of envy new they have that crash uh warranty you can crash them by yourself being completely wrong and going through red light they will change it for you okay i might move to envy <laughs> <laughs> that's a good warranty that is a really good warranty and i think hunt does that too uh, it's a service that you pay for every every year, I believe, and there's a, a mm. limit to that. Like like Apple Care. <laughs> yeah, like Apple Care, <laughs> and I think some some frame brands do that. Like for example, if your frame broke the first year you got it, then you can rebuy one, but for fifty percent of the price. That's good. And then yeah. if it if it's on the second year for seventy percent of the price, you know, like stuff like that. Mm. That's nice in general, though, isn't it, really, to have that relationship with your customers be like, look, yeah, we know shit can go wrong. You're out there riding. You're out there pushing. Yeah, we want to keep you. We want to keep you as a customer. It's a good way to do it. Because I know with Sonelli as well, recently got a lot of shit from uh, their track two-toe frames, two-toe frames, Uh bending, and they were just like, no... You're riding it. I think you mentioned it in a, another podcast. That, yeah, you're right. You're not riding it with brakes. You're not supposed to be doing this. And yeah, they they didn't give anyone any kind of warranty. They're so full of shit. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. <laughs> yeah, Antonio, answer to my mail. <laughs> my hate mail. I haven't sent one yet, but you know, I'll send one soon. Uh, anyway, um, and finally, we have customers' psychology. So that's basically your entire point of view on the yeah. brand and what you think about it. This is awesome. This is crap. I like this. I hate this. What, what do I hate? What, that's a good I was here. just about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> that's more interesting than what do we like. What do you hate? <laughs> Oh my god, I just had like one of the deepest internal reflection for a while. Uh, what do I hate in fixed gear? Is there a brand? Okay, I have one thing uh, I that's not anymore. But fast forward, the wheels, okay. Mm-hmm. When they first got a little bit popular out there, um, it was a really, really easy decal to replicate. And a lot of people were putting uh, fast forward decals on... Chinese rims, right? Mm. And I was like, oh my god, fast forward, like, it's just I think the logo is really loud, okay? But I don't hate it by any means, and they are really, really good wheels. But at, at the beginning I was like, ah, I really don't like this. But, you know, I, I became more mature, and I am more <laughs> able to appreciate things. So... <laughs> so but apart from that is there anything that i hate i can't say at all that i like their logos at all yeah i mean the matte black stuff on the on the carbon matte looks great but as as for the rest of the red and white nah the red and white absolutely not and the i so that's probably like an aliexpress decal but once i saw it as like a bianchi blue yeah i'm looking at that right oh now. my god it was ugly aliexpress was, in stock ah <laughs> uh, my god they still produce them yeah damn it burn it burn it was fire 
<laughs> Burn it all down. Okay, what else do we hate? What other brands do we hate? I don't know. I ha I don't have that much hate no. for a brand. Okay, not hate. I really I am I am in a psychological war with Sinelli, to be honest. Because you I love deep, them and I hate yeah, them at the same yeah. time. You deep down love them but hate them at the same time. Yeah, I have the same feeling with them. Yeah. yeah. What else? I'm looking at my bikes. I'm like, is there anything I hate about it? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be on your bikes, is it? Think of people's yeah, bikes that really irritate you. What are those heavy carbon front wheel, five discs, five spokes uh, that everyone rides? I don't, I don't like them. It's not like I hate them. Uh, yeah, I, I don't hate them understand either. that people want them for the style they give to their bike. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not a big fan of it. Definitely. Uh, what else? Oh, stupidly narrow track drops. Really not into those. Like 36. Okay. <laughs> it's too narrow. It's not worth it, people. Don't don't break your uh, wrists. Wrists and, sh and uh, shoulders. Also, those plastic multi-spokes wheels really not into those yeah but it's all the cheap shit we really hate isn't it yeah all the really cheap replica knockoff shit that i just really can't stand that, yeah, yeah. I, we, I said like two episodes ago like don't let other people judge your bike and ride whatever you want so that's only my personal opinion on some of those parts you know i don't care what bikes people have I really don't. I, yeah. I would prefer to see them out riding a pile of crap, but they're out riding having fun. That's more important. But if it comes yeah. to what I've got on my bike, yeah, I'm picky. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I get that. Something, okay, something that triggers me uh, pedals with reflectors. <laughs> what? You don't have pedals on your uh, reflectors on your pedals? <laughs> no, I don't have reflectors on my pedals. I found them quite insulting to my aesthetic, yeah. sir. I don't like them. And in terms of pure aesthetic, I think um, time trial bikes mm -hmm. looks like ugly fighter jets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but again, that's my personal opinion on the thing. Yeah, I'm going to sound like a dick. I'm just looking at my bikes and I love the way they're built. <laughs> <laughs> god damn i love the build just as much as the ride yeah oh by the way your new engine 11 is sweet yeah those pictures were on point right yeah we're gonna talk about that in the after show yeah yeah, yeah 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 all right so that was the six psychological mm -hmm. bases of brand loyalty now on to a few examples and okay i pick a brand and you tell me if you're loyal to it and why okay okay so let's say sugino i don't even have a single set of sugini oh no i do have one set of the the cheap ass messenger ones um they're like the best in the game 
Yeah, they are, but even the messenger ones, they're cheaper. They're good. They're, they're, yeah, for like a what is it, a forty-five euro crank or something? And it's yeah, and it and it it's on my data spike, and it, it looks perfect. It's neat. It's clean. It's one six five. It's square taper. It's no stress at all. It's a good crank. It's one hundred and thirty-three BCD. Not my, not my first choice, but. I had a chain ring for it. So yeah, legendary status for me. Not even just the, the the best brands, but the legendary brands. They've been doing it for longer than anyone, or as long as everyone's been doing it. They've been around. And some of the the designs are amazing. The anodized is looks really, really nice, I think. Yeah, I love to do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think Sagina is nice in terms of border quality. I mean, they have a whole spectrum of cranks, mm. so it goes from really entry level to really high end. Mm -hmm. If you go for the Super 75 that cost, I don't know, $900. Is that the Holotech one? Uh, no, it's a square taper uh. one, but it's super, so it's obviously better. <laughs> but it has that special heat treat, heat treat or something like that. Uh, special coding, I think. See, they're that good. They can put the, the, in the name, they can say it's super. Yeah. Who else super. gets to do that? That's how good the brand <laughs> is. We're just going to call this the super one. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that one? No, it's just the super one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now it's like, dude, they have one that has, that has a little bit champagne color. You know how they call it? The Grand Mighty. Ah, no way, really? <laughs> is that real? Yeah, it is 100% real. The Grand yeah. Mighty. Oh, wow. Wow, what a name. Sagino 75 Grand Mighty. Wow. If you're worth it enough, you can have them. Yeah, if, you, if, you are, yeah, if you're worthy. <laughs> <laughs> you ride mainly Sagino, right? Uh, I do ride mainly Saginos. Uh, I... Uh, Suginos or Suginos? What do you say? I say Suginos. I but in French, I say... Oh, wait. How do I say them in French? I don't remember. doesn't matter. Okay, Suginos. So, because the name in, in... Yeah, so I don't think I'm right. I would say Sugino, but I guess I'm wrong. So, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably because I heard it from my Japanese friends. But that's what, that's going to be more authentic than than me saying it from Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. They don't even say like Sugino 75. They say Nanago, which just meant 75. Nanago. Like, oh, what crank do you have? Nanago. Okay. <laughs> Nanago. So product quality, really good. Image of the brand outstanding i mean yeah. the entire ngs culture and so yeah. you know is everywhere perceived value yes uh sugino <laughs> over anything for me sugino is over a rotor or a campagnolo uh crank you know i really like campagnolo crank i found them really pleasant to ride but i i prefer suginos you never ride shram Shram, like, uh, like what, a Shram Force or something? Oh, like Shram Omnium. Oh, yeah, I like Omniums too. Yeah. I like Omniums too, but uh, uh, 
I like more the 75 just in terms of aesthetic. You are so old school though, so I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, switching cost, well, it's a square taper, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Availability and service. You can find 75 out there and I mean, they're expensive, but they're out there. It's not yeah. that like there is a shortage or anything. Mm and customers psychology well i, yeah, I like them we so. love them <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah all right so yeah that's that's you know should we go for another one off the list yeah let's do it yeah or uh, off the list or something else as you want mm, i'd go from just to hear your opinion on it mash <laughs> Of course you do. <laughs> of course, everyone want to hear my opinion on MASH, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a tricky question. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, let's start from the start. Product quality. Um, the MASH till and the MASH uh, AC1 Ooh. or AC2 are good bikes. They are good bikes. Uh <laughs> They are the mash steel is definitely not the best steel frame by any mean. Yeah. Um, but you know it it is meant to last. Uh, it is heavy, but it is the. I mean, when it was still under Sinelli, the chromer is really thick and rust resistant, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know it's. I mean, people bended it, but apart from that, it's pretty solid. Yep. Um. The the parallax or the AC one AC two, good bike overall. Uh, I like it. And if we can place bike geometry into product quality, mm -hmm. then definitely mm -hmm. over a lot of other track bikes Very out good there. Point. Yeah. Image of the brand. Um, I really like the image, but I tend to grow apart from it mm -hmm. recently because. I really like the image of the brand and pretty much every time they release something, I'm like, why did nobody do this before? Th thought about that yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. That was so obvious and so cool, you know? They're still pushing things even after all this time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So the image of the brand I have is really good. But like I was telling in I think two episodes ago, um, I feel they are going slowly but surely out of that underground culture. Underground think... state. Yeah. What what makes you think that? Well, the the sheer fact that uh the ramped up production, you know, uh we're gonna have like two batches of mash tail per year now mm -hmm. we're gonna have uh, a mountain bike a gravel bike uh the ac2 uh, has been widely distributed too yeah uh so it's like you go onto pal room or reddit or a lot of other places you can find bikes lot of them are mash you know mm. like either mash or cinella mash it's i don't want to say it's 50 percent, but i would say it's a solid 30 percent, and it's that's already huge for only one brand you know 
Yeah. So I've there's I I just want to say there's a lot out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. And even if I think like a MASH AC2, AC1, Parallax, whatever is extremely cool. I really I love my my MASH still and my MASH work. I love them. But if I see a guy out there with a bit of fixed gear that looks extremely cool, I've never heard the name of it. I'm going to think, holy shit, that guy has some mojo to it. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah very good point. Um, in terms of perceived value, well, everybody knows in the fixed gear culture what is MASH, and everybody knows that it is expensive and easily resellable. Definitely keeps the cost of its original value for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, if not going up. Yeah, exactly. Switching cost. Well, it's a bike frame. Yeah. It's like switching cost doesn't really apply here. Yeah. Um, availability and service. Um, availability. Well, you kind of have to fight your way to get a mesh. But they, um, they're quite clear in how they're gonna and when they're gonna do their drops and and yeah. Yeah. It's 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 quite upfront and everyone can apply and it's not in terms of. They're expensive, but they're not so expensive that they don't have a hundred people desperately wanting every every one so the first fifty sold out instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean con con customer psychology. I have a bunch of friends that tried uh and who got Mash Dill or Mashworks recently, and each and every one of them told me the same thing. Oh my god, it is such an easy bike to ride. You know, it's it's smooth, it's not too low, not too upward, it's it's a really good geometry. And now you have like other options, all city big block and uh certainly steamroller and everything. But before all that, well, not the Sterling Steamroller because it's really old, but you were paying a mash work, not, I mean, partly because of big tire clearance on a track bike, mm. but mainly because the guys that designed it didn't know the shit and the geometry is just on point. That is a very good point. Yeah. When I was in Japan and I was uh, translating for the MASH crew when they were coming over, um, I remember that we went to to eat and on the way I was talking with Mike, the, the boss out there uh, of MASH. And at the time I was riding my, my Parallax and I was like, oh man, uh, I got a Cannondale Track Cat 5. And I, I, it doesn't stand a chance against the parallax because it's, I don't know, the, the geometry is really good and I really liked it. Mm. And first he told me, well, that doesn't surprise me because the the Cat 5 is a road geometry. So it's really long and, you know, it's, it's, meant, it's a road bike with track hands, basically. Mm. Second thing is he went on and told me for like a good 20 minutes that they had to fight with Sinelli for an entire day for half a degree on the C-tube. <gasps> wow. An entire day. 
because they didn't want 74, they wanted 74.5 or something like that. Like, how precise is this, you know? And MASH just didn't want to compromise, so they had to argue with them. Yeah. Wow. Was that when they did Loop, Loop Magazine? That's when Duke and Chaz came to Tokyo, mm. and Chaz had a little event when he... Uh, like you know, did his doodle thing on a wall of my of a local bike shop, mm. and yeah, just Duke and Mike were there, and we went we went mm. to eat. So you met Mike? I don't know if uh, yeah, I met Mike. Oh, yeah, what's he like? Uh like a dad, you know, it has that really <laughs> dad vibe to it. Okay, okay. Because I was okay, I was younger. Okay. And that was just at the moment where Mash and Sinli was no longer a thing. Mm. He he was like, oh yeah, would really we would really like to to shoot a video in Japan, uh, for uh, etc. And I heard before that they had the the AC one and and the touring board, right? Mm. And I heard that on the other end of the table, and I go. Oh yeah, and that would be like a perfect opportunity to to show the the new bike, you know, the new AC one. And he just went on with a few drinks, obviously, but he was like, "I don't give a shit about that. I d- I'm not here to show the new bikes because we're just here to have fun and shoot a video. That's what we want to do." Okay. And like showing the bikes is not an issue because they consider themselves such as a small company that if the people know they know they they don't need to to show it off to others Mm. so interesting dude yeah (laughs) yeah it's got to be interesting i mean mash if we're talking about the brand as a brand as well and not just the bikes the brand itself has been going for a long time and what they've yeah. how they've carried on and what they've kept doing is 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 good. I think that's where a lot of the customer loyalty comes from. And that's where they that's how they can sell these things because they've yeah. they've kept going through uh, it, it it all and kept producing pretty high quality stuff. I mean, just being honest, uh, if Mash wasn't here, you know. Uh, if they didn't make that video, uh, that, that bunch of videos and because Marsh and Macroframa, they popularized fixed gear to the masses, you know, yeah. like not only a messenger thing, but also something for you and me. Yeah. I mean, I was big into fixed gear and then I saw Macroframa and I was hooked. Absolutely. Yeah, hooked. yeah. exactly. It made a huge difference. And I think the Mash movies influenced and the brand influenced so much people and i wouldn't be surprised that if today mash wasn't there there would not be like i don't know like engine 11 or brands like that you know Mm. but would we be here without mash ah that's a good question that i don't want to answer Well, yeah, that's that's pretty much it on on brand loyalty. Uh, if uh, you guys like this episode, we can do another one on on other brands. Uh, I know we talk a lot about Mash and Zip on on that podcast, but it's good example, and everybody understand what Mash and Zip is. 
So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, we can definitely look into other brands next time and, and, and break it down more into what we like about brands. But it was nice to really get into depth of why we like certain brands and especially Zip and Mash, something that we both are a big fan of. And I think a lot of people out there are fans of, too, and, and what we like about them. So I really enjoyed breaking it down like that. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good nerd out episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, boys, uh, that would be it for today. Everything we discussed today will, of course, be in the show notes on the blog, slizbensidey.com. You'll also find the suggestion box where you can tell us what we should talk about in the podcast. You can find us on our Discord server. The invite link is also in the show notes or with our Instagram account at slowspinsidey and at currency.co for Rob. Sharing the podcast with your friend is the easiest way to support the show over giving us a good review on the platform of your choice. If you get value out of the show, why not considering putting value back in either by supporting us on Apple Podcast or by visiting patreon.com slash podcast to join the community we're pledging at any level we grant you access to the pre and after show which is around 40 minutes of extra content per week. We are now at 27 Patreons. Thank you so much for your support. The music for the show is Lovely Swindler by Amaria, and the illustration, well, is by me. Rob, maybe one last thing you want to say on to brand loyalty before we go on to the after show. Find products you like, and if you like them, find the reason why you like them and stick with them. I, I like that I run DTs with some of my bikes because I love the quality of their product. And for me, there's no reason to then change. I look at different models and I look at um, what I like. Look, now I have a wide version of certain rims, thinner versions, deeper versions, and I'm discovering more about the brand that I wouldn't have if I hadn't stuck with the brand. So... That's my last thing to say on brand uh, loyalty. Pretty good. This being said, we'll see you next Monday. Have a good one. Bye, Bye guys. Bye-bye.